0: back to everybody to your creativity. It's Dylan. We've got Steve here. He is, we're all on a Zoom call. He's down in uh, Sandy today. How are you, Steve? I am doing well.
1: Everything's all good. We were busy yesterday afternoon, weren't we? It, yes, we were. And we
0: recorded your <laughs> uh, an episode of your short and sweet show.
1: It, yeah, we did. It, hopefully it will be good. Yeah, it was lots of you fun. You can never tell from there. you had fun. You weren't bored too much.
0: No, they put me to work and I I cheered right up. Because <laughs> I, I was about to leave when they put you me to work. You
1: were down. like the slate guy.
0: I was. <laughs> from a pedestrian to the most important guy.
1: To the slate guy. But
0: um, we no, got a guest good. here. Well, I did good? Well, thank you. Yeah. We've got a guest here today. You've seen him in film and television. Um, the TV series, Chuck and films like The Pursuit of Happiness, The Island, Terminator 2. And the one I'm most curious about, Fear of the Black Hat. I'm not familiar with that movie, but we've got Mark Christopher Lawrence. How are you, Mark?
2: I'm good, how are you?
0: Good, so, so let's start with that. What is Fear of the Black Hat? Hey, All wait.
1: Right, so, before we get there, sorry, Mark. Mark, you told us you're right in a canyon and you have mean creatures right outside your door.
2: No, I never said the word mean. I said uh, there are creatures, there are critters that come through there. So,
1: ferocious coyotes.
2: Yeah, I never said ferocious.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm adding, I'm adding to it. <laughs> so, where you're at is yeah, it's San Diego. Uh, oh, I love Cornus. San Diego. Coronado's yeah. my favorite. Oh, okay, sorry, Dylan, and I cut you off on a perfectly great question. And, and
2: what was the question?
1: I, I was asking about the fear of fear of the, of a black hat. I wasn't.
0: I'm not familiar with that film.
2: Oh, fear fear of a black hat um, is uh, a wrapped spinal tap. Oh, nice. Remember nice. Movies? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, um, sort of in the vein
1: of CB4, but way better. <laughs> Does the bass go down to 11? Uh, I don't know anything about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> the only line I remember from Spinal Tap is they were trying to boost their sound, and one yeah. of their amps went up to 11. <laughs> yeah, it's that, same,
2: it's that same mockumentary style. You know, we're, we're a rap group and, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's one of the two things that I'm most recognized from.
0: And the other is Chuck. did You get involved in that. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the other is Chuck. Yeah. Uh, one of my best friends, it, it's, it's his movie, Rusty Cundiff. Uh, Rusty's a brilliant writer, director. He, he uh, wrote a lot of the Ch- Chappelle show and directed some of those sketches as well um so it was his it was his idea and you know we had we had a blast doing it very nice that's cool
1: and what did you always know that you wanted to be an actor early on or no
2: people say that i used to say that but i don't i don't remember saying that i I went to usc on a debate scholarship i was i was uh gonna go to law school and um I took a voice class for speaking and centering, and the voice instructor talked me to auditioning for the Bachelor of Fine Arts Theater uh, acting program, and coached me, and I got in, and I was already a junior, so it added a year to the year I was supposed to graduate, and then started working professionally the same year in theater and television, and then the next year, uh, my first movie, and so forth.
1: Okay, it's my observation that like you know comedians are geniuses. So you went to debate, you were on the debate team, which means that you are very good at talking and very knowledgeable. Do you do you find that that helps in comedy? I don't, I don't know that I'm but I'm knowledgeable for a second. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you just can talk your way out I of think, stuff? I think part of it is is being able to uh give the impression that you're knowledgeable as a comic. You know, you want to be a master, a a, a jack of all trades. So, so, you know, you you sort of pit yourself when you're on stage with the mic as as the uh, foremost authority on whatever I'm talking about today.
0: (laughs) That works. Or did you have any improv background or was it just strictly stand up?
2: uh well my background was strictly stand-up but um over the past several years i've been taking improv uh doing this improv class that teaches you to write on your feet so it's not it's not your standard um improv class with the theater games and all that kind of stuff it's it's uh it it you know teaches you to literally write scenes while you're while you're yeah uh, when, did so, start, so, when did you start? When did you start what? Up? When did you start stand up? When did I? Eleventh grade, 1981.
1: Ele, 11th do you remember grade. your first
2: game Yeah. Well, my first time on stage was a comedy comedy store uh, up on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. Um, you know, I did three minutes. I didn't really know how to do three minutes, but I just went up and started talking about my day and. Got laughed and Louie Anderson when I came off said, "Hey, you got something, kid. Keep writing." And you know, uh, by the time I got out of college, I figured out you know I had been, been dabbling in it all that all that time, and then I figured out you know I can actually do this just as good as anybody else. And here we are.
1: And was that That's like pretty good for him to say it on your first gig too?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you know Robin Robin Williams came in. I think three people before I went up and just destroyed for about 45 minutes. And so I was supposed to be on at 10 o'clock. I ended up not getting on until like midnight and uh, still had a good set. And that was the beginning. So
1: You got to say Robin. I mean, it's all downhill from there. What was that? It's all downhill from there. Robin Williams, all those other guys beforehand. Eh, you know, <laughs> you, 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 figure,
2: you figure at that point, you know, that, that late at night, it's just for me, it was just about doing what I said I was gonna do, which was get on stage and do it because you know, my good friend sort of dared me to, to do it. And there we were, and it was, it was fine. How did
0: um, everything evolve into the, the role on Chuck, Big Mike on Chuck?
2: Uh, Just same old process, you know, the agents sent me an audition and uh, it was, it was at a time, I think I was, I think I read for, I think five pilots that year and didn't book any of them. And then um, I was getting ready to go on vacation. We got a call that, you know, I booked this thing on Chuck. It was a guest, it was a guest star. And I actually had read for the role of Harry Tang. And uh, Josh Schwartz wrote a character for me, which was Big Mike. And so um, they said it was going to be you know, maybe one or two, two days, an episode, a couple of lines, an episode or something, and I'd be out. And uh, about halfway through the first season, you know, we realized I was doing every episode, and it was getting better and better each week, and um, so my agents was like, you know, um, this is great. You know, you, they, they really like. I said, well, yeah, tell them I'm not coming back for this money. <laughs> and, and then, uh, so, so then they sat down and cut a deal and made me a series regular.
0: And that the whole store team kind of evolved and there was web shows and, and stuff like that. How did, what was that like with that expanding popularity with the, the store group on the show?
2: um i don't know. i I, th- I think i think um the the web series i think i thought was was brilliant after you know especially with with the stuff with jeff and lester on the run and you know i thought that stuff was brilliant i i i, I don't know how it came about i just you know one day i got a call and said hey you got to be working on the web series today hello oh, okay <laughs> so you know i mean you you got to to remember that this is this is uh you know we started that that journey in 2007 yeah 2007 and haven't been on set you know since 2012 so this is all in the past <laughs> yeah and hard hard to remember how every little thing happened do you have any favorite memories from set I don't know, I think the funniest memory for me was we were doing one of the Christmas episodes, I think it was it was a 3D episode, and I was in the Santa suit, and so I get to work and my, my dressing room was on stage 10 when we weren't on location, and so I go into stage 10, and as soon as you walk through the door, there was craft services right there, which is really odd because we had craft services Built into this this the this, this soundstage in, in one of the rooms in the soundstage, it was a nice craft services area. I was like, "Why craft services right here?" So I go and I get on my my Santa suit, everything except for the coat. And so I got I got the I got the suspenders and the, the white t shirt and the boots and red pants and all that. And so I go to craft services. And I get a plate. And I, and I, standing there eating some bacon, talking to guys that I didn't know. I'm like, who are these people? Why are these? And, and so finally the, one of the PAs comes over and says, hey, they're ready for you on stage 17. So as we're walking across, I said, I said, why is I still got my bacon? I said, why is craft services right there inside the door? He says, because, because it's not our craft services. He said, we rented that stage out today. <laughs> so I was eating, I was eating somebody else's bacon. And then for the next like three years. Whenever we'd see each other, they would say, hey, got bacon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this notorious bacon beef.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Are you in contact with any of the guys from the show anymore? Like Zachary and Yvonne? Or... Um,
2: I talk to Zach every once in a while. Uh, talk to Scott Krinsky, probably more frequently, and Julia. Um, Ryan McPartland, I've been Sort of chatting with online a bit, and Vic, you know, chat, chat with him online a bit. You know, because me and Scott and Vic probably spend more more time together than anybody else. All right.
0: How has COVID been treating you? Um, you know, with comedy, have you been
2: doing online shows? Mm, I, you know, I, I don't. I really don't enjoy doing the online stuff. It's it's not fun um, as a comic. It's like you know you just kind of go into automatic pilot because people aren't focused, right? You know when they're sitting at home and you got kids running through, you got the animals running through, and and so uh, for me the online stuff hadn't been funny. Like anything more than fifteen minutes of online uh, is is just a chore. Um, so I did probably I've done probably four online shows. Um, I did one show last summer in the park at night and people were in their cars and they were broadcasting the show into their car. So when they laughed, they would bonk their horns and flash their lights. So you knew that they were <laughs> laughing. Um, because you're like, Yeah, once the stage,
1: yeah, from the stage you do?
2: couldn't see them. But all the other comics, you know, were just like freaking out about it. And so I'm just watching them. And so when I got up, I said, I'm just going to put it on automatic pilot, and I'm not going to wait. I'm just going to go. And ended up having a great set. Um, but since then, I've, I've done a few live shows. I uh, did one a couple of weeks ago out for a church out in the parking lot, and that was great. And then got another one of those coming up uh, at the end of the month. And then Madhouse Comedy Club is opening back up with... Uh, some limit, limited seating, but uh, I'm going to do a weekend there coming up soon. What, yeah. what do you
1: think the long-term effects are going to be from COVID with people's habits? Like, you know, people um, were used to going to live shows. Now maybe they're a little more hesitant. Do you think it's going to have a lasting impact?
2: I don't think so. I mean, just just the, you know that church show that I did, there were 250 people in that parking lot. And... Um, uh, you know, people people are starved for comedy and and I think I think once it opens back up, people will be right back in there. You know, because there's been like some backyard shows that Dustin Nickerson does a backyard shows and you know, they're always full of people. So um I think probably the 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 biggest lasting impact, the the uh pandemic will have is that, you know, people brush their teeth more often because, you know, (laughs) smelling your own breath all day gives gives you a whole different perspective of what your dental hygiene is.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those are good changes. Those are good things. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I always, you know, the the last show I did, I said, hey, you know, if I met you before the pandemic, I'm sorry. I didn't realize my breath (laughs) (laughs) stank. has it given you good material to write about no because you're not having any experiences it's like you're sitting at home all the time so so you're trying to uh, manufacture stuff and, and the way i write is i'm a storyteller i write out of my life and so my life has been sleeping
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so many minutes you can get out of sleep <laughs> and then i rolled to my left and then back to my right <laughs> right <laughs>
2: you've been what's next to- for you oh yeah um i don't know you know we, we're i'm
1: pitching a show
2: uh with rusty kundiff who, who actually is the writer director of *Fever black hat so he and i are pitching a show so hopefully we can get that on the air and then uh there's a, a web series that i'm trying to gear up to shoot uh a sizzle reel for that we really want to actually get the, get the show on the air but but if, if I can't get any traction with it, we'll just shoot it as a web series. Um, my co-star, I guess, hurt his back, so we're kind of in hold, waiting for him to get better so that we can shoot it. I, I don't think it makes sense to shoot it, shoot the sizzle without him because so much of it is is the chemistry that he and I have, and so it just I mean, makes sense to wait for him.
1: Mark, has has the web like been? I mean, I know ten years ago or twenty years ago, I mean, it wasn't even around. Has it given a chance for like ideas to to kind of um, evolve? Um, so if it doesn't get picked up right by a network, at least you can get some traction going with that. How beneficial is a web series? Um,
2: it, you know, it's hit or miss. I you know, you, you hear of, of some people that that you'll get a deal based on what they what they've been doing on their web series, um, but for every one of those there's you know a million others that didn't yeah so I don't know I, I'd rather just go get in the room and pitch and let that luck, be the luck of the draw
0: sometimes yeah um, yeah you've been here to Salt Lake a few times at Wise Guys and down in Provo to Dry Bar Comedy what was your Dry bar, Dry Bar Comedy experience like
2: Oh, I liked it a lot. It, it, um, you know, I I was very lucky. There were, we shot two shows in the same night and, you know, they edited together the the special based on that. Uh, I did two 40-minute sets and um, most people would do the same set, but I I decided to do like an extra 20 of a different set just so that they'd have a lot to choose from. And... um, for me, those two shows that, that we did were both sold out and it was mostly Chuck fans. So it was, you know, it was very uh, fun and, you know, a receptive crowd.
0: They knew your, you know, style
1: and personality based on that. Um, uh, have, have you participated in any of like the Fan or like the Comic Con type things with Chuck? Yeah, I've done a, I've, I've done,
2: a, uh, you know, the, we did Comic Con, you know, every year. Um, and then uh, I did uh, the Ventura, uh, what do you call it? Ventura, I don't want to say comedy festival, but I don't think that's what it's called. Uh, so it's, it's basically Comic Con in Ventura. I uh, did the thing in Disney that's it, it, in Anaheim. I want to I say it's called WonderCon.
1: And then I did one in,
2: in London. Did one in London uh, with Star Fury. That was that was cool. It was um, it was me and Julia Lane, Brian Brian McPartland from our show, and then there were some people from the Terminator Terminator show, the TV show that they had
1: on Terminator for a while. Do you so, get blown away with how important your sh- your parts are to people's lives?
2: No, because I understand how how the business works in terms of uh, fans make you who you are. You know, it's it's like you don't you don't blow up without fans. You know, like I always tell people that I'm a recognizable face. I'm not really a name, so people know my face. Like, but if you don't show them a picture and say, "Hey, Mark Christopher Lawrence," and they're like, mm, "Who?" Went in the and then they see the picture, like, "Oh yeah, I love that guy." So, you know, the thing is to try to bridge that gap between you know, your name and your face. And, and I think uh, it, it directly affects what you get paid in the industry, you know, being a name as opposed to a recognizable face. So um, I'm I'm I understand how people, you know, love who they love, you know, in, in television and film. And uh, so I'm never blown away by it. I'm, I'm always uh, appreciative of it.
1: Is there an actor that you, you fan crush on that you're still hoping to work with someday?
2: Mm, no, I've worked with some giants in, in the industry. You know, Arnold, Will Smith, Martin, um, Lonnie Anderson, um, uh, What's his name? Burton Reynolds. Yeah, I've worked with some really, really big names. Um, John Lithgow. John Lithgow was probably the, the only one that that I was really excited to work with because of his work. Because I, um, before I thought I wanted to be an actor, I saw him in terms of endearment and, and really believed everything that he said and did in the movie. It's like, as I watched it, I was like, just taken by his performance. And it was a small part, but he was so good at it that I just thought, wow, that, that dude is really good at this. And then when I got to work with him, it, it was, you know, he's such a gracious man. And, and, and uh, I worked with him on uh, Third Rock from the Sun. And, you know, and funny, he's so funny. And, and then when you look at him on Dexter, you know, he has this sinister arc <laughs> on that show that's so it's like wow yeah yeah he's so he's just brilliant so I was really happy to work with him I love to work with Gary Oldman you know it'd be nice to work with Gary Oldman um, just because he's he's different every time I see him he's a, he's, a, he's a quote unquote character actor you know although he's a leading man he's still he's a character actor and he's in, and I, I think that's what I am I'm a character actor and um, uh, it'd be nice to work with him
0: uh, comedically, who, who are some people that expire, inspire you or you, you know, you look up to that way?
2: I like the storytellers, you know, Cosby, um, Richard Pryor, uh, uh, Red Fox. I like uh, uh, Sinbad for sure, you know. Um, and then there's, you know, Moms Mabelie, I look back at Moms Mabley and she was so funny in, in her day and then you know there's a lot of a lot of young guns that are funny and then, you know people like Brian Regan I, I worked with Brian Regan back in 95 for a week and every night something different in his act made my side hurt you know, he's just he's so funny and then there's like tons of comics that I know that that don't have agents and they're just kind of hustling road comics that are so funny you know they're funnier than most of the big names that you see all the time and it's 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 clearly about you know representation you know so um there's a there's a lot of talent out there and and, you know i I encourage people to to seek some folks out
0: i've worked with uh wise guys the past nine years and it's been an incredible education of just amazing talent out there and everything that that's you know when I saw you coming through, you know, I made your posters, I'm like, that that guy's funny. And there's, you know, dozens, you know, like you were talking about
2: that aren't known to everybody. And it, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, um, yeah well, I'd like to get back out to wise guys I, I, because I've only done the Jordan landing one. I'd like to do uh, the other one over in, uh, you know, closer to the civilization. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what what Taylorsville doesn't cut up for you or West Valley <laughs> uh, well I mean I mean yeah I did Jordan's
2: Landing and, and you know it's, it's still it's out there <laughs>
1: well
2: Vegas when is coming you come back
1: I, I'll give you a ride if you need okay <laughs> Wise Guys is
0: coming to Vegas so look, look okay. for that yeah yeah good. Mayor good. though I believe you got Um, What situations are most creative when you're writing? You you know, your storyteller and your experiences, you know, there's certain experiences that are more for your writing style than others, you know, people watching or things
2: like that. Uh, I, I think because I write, you know, like I usually start my act, you know, within the first couple of minutes and let people know that everything in my act is based in some sort of truth. There's some. There's something true about everything. Every story that I tell. And so I, I just write right out of my life. Really, it's like it's like something that makes me crack up, or if, or if I tell somebody about it, it makes them laugh. Then I go, oh, I should put that in the act. And um, so so I generally write a timeline from the time I was born to today's date, and you, you know, hash mark up all the stuff that affected me positively that I can remember and hash mark down all the stuff that, that affected me negatively that I can remember. And then I just pick a story and start writing something about it. Uh, and it's, it is great that way because because I can just tell the story several times on stage and without, before I even write it, really. It's like, I'll tell the story and then figure out how to make it funnier. Okay. And it's gotcha. usually the story is pretty funny to start with.
1: Uh, did you grow up Did you find yourself day? growing up? Go ahead, Sorry, Steve. Don't, I cut you off. I, I was just gonna say, did you I, I in school um, tend to get in trouble a lot. Did you find yourself like growing up always constantly cracking jokes in class? Or were um, you getting I, in trouble at a young age? I
2: wasn't, I wasn't really cracking jokes in class back then. I, I think uh, you know, when I was young, I talked a lot. That's, that got me in trouble. <laughs> you know, because I, I did talk a lot, but you know, I did my work. <laughs> Just uh, stopping other people from doing is <laughs> what the teachers were saying. Um. Uh. So. So yeah, it, it, I, I don't think um, probably until like junior high, you know, the the joke cracking became uh, what we call playing the dozens. You know, we talk about each other and each other's families and parents and everything. You know, your mom—the whole series of your mama jokes. You know, all that stuff. I think the funniest your mama joke I ever heard came from from George Wallace. And he said, um, you know, at the end of every show, he lets the audience do one to him and he'll do one back. And so uh, he says, uh, some guy said something about his, about George's fat mom. And George said, my fat mama, how about your fat mama? He says, your mama's so fat, she's got a real horse on her polo shirt. (laughs) <laughs> that was the funniest your mama joke I've ever heard
1: I was like that is good that is, that, is, that is hilarious <laughs> well that and the, the you know the polo players even on that horse too so right. that makes it even more <laughs> pretty big.
2: right right. <laughs> he had a horse
1: and a jacket. <laughs> where where do you see
0: comedy going in general moving forward you know there's all different types there's clean comedy like a dry bar or you know the dirtier stuff or
2: you know more online more well i think i think there's going i think there's all it's always going to be all of it yeah you know there's going to be the shop the shop comics there's going to be the clean comics Um. uh, My thing is, I feel like I used to work. I used to open for Robin Harris sometimes, and and he told me early in my career, he says, "Mark, always write clean." He says, "He says you can work anywhere when you write clean." He says, "If you find yourself out in the middle of nowhere, and the guy just before you did fifty or sixty penis jokes and dropped fifty or sixty f bombs, and that's what the crowd is like," and he says, "You know, you can always dirty up a clean joke, but." there's no cleaning up a joke that's dirty by premise right and so it just made sense to me you know and, and being in the 11th grade when I started comedy I mean I couldn't write dirty jokes anyway because because one of my mother's friends would, would saw me out there and went you know that Mark Christopher he out there telling these filthy jokes you might want to talk to him you know and I was more afraid of my mother than I was at the gangs and comedy, so <laughs> so I was writing clean anyway and that's why Robin liked me because I, I, I'd i write clean like we'd work at uh, Comedy Act Theater you know on Friday, Saturday night but Saturday afternoon I'd be in a park with him at 2 o'clock doing a show you know for a private event and, and you know it was, it was experiences like that and watching him the way he worked at night versus the way he worked when he was doing like a public thing for a family show it was just like wow he's doing basically the same acts squeaky clean
0: nice and that, that ties into your the name of your dry bar special clean out of compton i, I thought that was, yeah. I was straight playing off the straight out of compton i thought that was very clever well steve should we mm-hmm. do our bonus questions since you have to uh, drop away here in a minute so far all right our first one is what does creativity mean to you
2: The uninhibited launch of ideas from your brain to the page or from your brain to the stage or whatever your medium is. It's like, I think as a a creative, you have to just be able to, I tell comics all the time, don't censor yourself when you write, but just write. You know, just sit down and and get the words out of your head because they're not, they're, they're not helping you if, if you don't just write. So, being creative, you got to just sit down and let your head do what it does. You can always edit. Exactly, brain vomit onto the page. Uh,
0: the next one is: mm-hmm. Who is your favorite Muppet and why?
2: Um, I don't think I know any Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> this includes Sesame. I guess I got to go with. I guess, I guess I got. I guess I got to go with Kermit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Kermit. Kermit's a good. Kermit's choice. good. And this this last was, one. Was, go ahead.
2: I was gonna say was was Cookie Monster a Muppet?
0: Yeah, yeah. Any Jim account created, yeah, is how I count it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, I would say Kermit, and then and then you know a, a, a tight second would be Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster.
1: So you like cookies?
2: I do like cookies. That's that's the problem. That's what the problem <laughs> is.
1: Mark, when you come back, I will totally give you a, a ride. I own a chocolate ice cream dessert bar and we make our own cookies. Yeah. See I I can eat the cookies. I wouldn't be able to eat the ice cream. That'd be a bad day. <laughs> I have hookups for you. I, I have dairy free ice cream. We oh, we, we could make it work. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. We could figure something out. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, Steve lives
0: on sugar cookies and Dr. Pepper. So.
1: (laughs) That's my diet. Those are the foundations of this food pyramid.
2: Hey, I'm just going to (laughs) say, Dylan, don't be a hater.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm not. It's gotten me this far.
0: (laughs) All right. And last one. Last one is—it's uh, always weird to act, ask an actor this uh, question. In the movie of your life, who would you want to play you?
2: It's funny you should say that because I—we just finished writing a movie about my life. Um, uh, I don't know who I would want to play me. I, I guess if we look at. Well, my my question for you would be this: is 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 it somebody that's n- now? No, it, it can be past. Yeah, it
0: can it can be okay.
2: whoever. Uh, James Earl Jones. I
1: like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't play. know. I I would I like your voice as best as as good as his.
2: I don't know, man. If I had that voice, I'd never shut up. <laughs>
1: mark how can people find you
2: uh probably the easiest way is to go to my website markchristopherlawrence.com, and scroll all the way to the bottom and all of my social media is there um i'm really easy to find in social media mark christopher lawrence you know you google me it's you can find me uh but my website is, is probably the best place you can see clips of of my acting clips of comedy uh, all the social media things that are on there, the social media bugs, so you can uh, connect that way. Yeah. Awesome. Th- thank you. Well, thank you, Mark. Yeah, and if you have a, a, a huge church, go on there and, and and bring me into your church. I'll
1: come and do comedy at your church. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, we can do that. i uh, You know, if you go to the Mormon churches, they're they're a little dry. You could probably like spice them up just a little bit. <laughs> hey
2: you you know i i I did i did uh mennonite churches in canada
1: oh that would be interesting yeah
2: it was easy it was fun it was it was it was really one of the more fun tours i've ever i've ever done
1: do mennonites
2: laugh oh yeah
1: i don't know that i've ever seen a mennonite laugh they're always pretty stern looking
2: One of, my, one of my good friends, Leland Clausen, uh, did a movie with him called Sleeper Agent, and uh, he and I both won uh, Content 2020 Awards He for Best Actor, for Best Supporting, uh, but he's he's Mennonite and hilarious.
1: Wow. I would never even think anything like that, but that's awesome. Yeah. Opening minds today. Oh, Mark, thank
0: you, you, you so much. Thank you, Mark. What was that?
2: It's, we were saying thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, otherwise, I'd just be laying around sleeping <laughs> next to the cat.
1: <laughs> well, Mark, is it, is I may it, hit you up. I may hit you up later. Okay. Dylan, you, you can edit this part out. But I because I the show I'm working on, it's a TV show. I'm a little person. Um, so I'm, I'm like three foot nine or whatever, but I'm, I'm making a talk show and I'm doing a set where the sets, it's like a, a small talk show desk. And then the couches are just little, they're like kid couches. (laughs) So when the guests come on, they're just like scrunched (laughs) onto these little couches. And so that's what we recorded yesterday. And, um, it's just going to be random. And I, you know, I'm going to have a segment where a comedian can come on, but the mic is going to be low to my height. And um, they're gonna have to figure out what to do. How to do um, it. so whether or not like if they like just end up sitting on the floor or what they do to do their stand-up. So yeah. um, that's what I'm working on. So we we just barely taped the very first one,
2: and it's um, funny
1: it, it, it may not go anywhere and it might just be for me for fun, but that's that's what we were working on. So yeah, well
2: hit, hit me up. I'm I'm down.
1: All right, I'll I'll beg you for advice.
2: All right. It,
1: thank you thank you thank you thanks thanks for having me
2: guys this, this is this is great good way to start no, my thanks, day thanks mark yeah
1: have, have a good rest of we're, your day be careful of those coyotes yeah <laughs> i've
2: seen them in, in a couple of days one, one night i was you know i've been on this health thing i've been walking a lot and one night i was walking at about 1 45 in the morning i was you know wide awake i had just done audition self-tape and i was like okay i'm gonna Go ahead and get this walk in, no matter what. So I go out and I start walking, and I get down to one of the other streets, and I, and I and at the corner of my eye I could see something move, and I looked, and it was something low to the ground, bigger than a bigger than a raccoon, but moving. You were being stalked. But moving slowly, you know, across the street, and I shine my light down there, and it stopped, and it it, it did a slow look at me. And then I was like, mm, "I'm gonna keep walking." I just kept walking because <laughs> I couldn't figure out what it was. It was it was sort of like orangey in color. It was a it, bobcat, but it was it could have been, but it, it, it but it was uh, but it didn't move like a cat to me. It it was more doggish. and um, but whatever it was, I just kept going. And then as I came back, I looked down that street. I didn't see it again so (laughs) So maybe i should maybe i should take a stick when i'm walking just in case
0: (laughs) take a pointy stick with you (laughs)
2: because it's fun it's fun till your dinner (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) Uh, mark thank you (laughs) thanks a lot guys i appreciate it
2: see you later all right take care you too Bye bye bye
1: (laughs) The podcast is done, man.